0: Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. When you're ready to step up to big game cable, head on over to Sinusoid. Hey, if you're not ready to step up to big game cable, but you need a cable anyway, head on over to Sinusoid.com.
1: Yeah, you think you're a real musician? You think you can handle Sinusoid cables? I don't think you can. I don't think you have what it takes. Just try to prove me wrong. That's what I say, anyways. <laughs>
0: Hey, this is Ryan And this is Steve And you're listening to CC Cycle Hum The guitar buying, selling, creating, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast
1: You were almost there, Steve You almost got what it What right. I forget? I don't know what you forgot, but you fumbled a little bit Yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. Three and a half years, Steve Yep one of these days I'll get a ride again. <laughs> oh man, how are you doing? Good. Uh, you got I'm anything? Doing okay. uh, you got anything new going on? Um, yeah, we just
0: let's talk about the other thing up front. I think it's more interesting. Oh, okay. Uh, we we uh, released our first run of signature 60 cycle hum pedal. Yeah. this past week. As of recording, there's like eight left.
1: Yeah, as of this publishing, who knows? It could be sold out. It could be gone. We've been selling a couple a day. Uh, Since releasing them to the general public, Uh, we released them initially to the Inner Circle, which just gobbled them up at an incredible rate. Yeah, so thanks guys uh, in the Inner Circle for picking that up. Yeah, Uh, it it definitely took the worry out of this thing because it takes a lot of money to get this project started uh, just on the back end of it. So it kind of took care of all that, and everyone's going to get a really cool pedal that I'm really enjoying. Steve hasn't gotten a chance to play with it yet. I haven't played it yet. It's, a, it's everything it claims to be, Steve. It's two, it's DoD-,
0: two DOD 250s ex- in one
1: box. Exactly. <laughs> with some cl-
0: with uh, a couple clipping variations. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but it's really a it's really great pedal and it's really useful. And it means I get to have two of my favorite pedal on my board without taking spots up.
0: Right. And, and you know, that's the thing that I think when we kind of talked about this. Well, we've talked about this a lot with other pedals is, uh, you know, if you run a small board... But you want two different, you know, a couple of different drive options, like being able to do that all in a compact box is, yeah, uh, can, can be like a big advantage.
1: Uh, I like to just treat it as like having two channels in, like, how you would have two channels on an amp. Like, you have your clean channel you know, and you have a high gain channel.
0: I just look at it from the perspective of having two overdrives in one box means that I don't have to sacrifice one of my six delays.
1: <laughs> exactly. It means I have room for another fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's really what it comes down to well yeah. uh let's not waste any more time on this goofy thing let's talk about your other new thing yeah
0: i uh got this i i we talked about this a few weeks ago Uh uh-huh. um that i was going to get this and then i did get it uh this is the sbn pedals trinity uh, this was an extremely limited run uh, this was from the original run of i think 12 pedals and it has an etched finish in it, some of them had the silk screen. You can see like the silk screen, yeah, uh Ryan on the I brought it with me um yeah there where it is the, see it where the ins and outs are, um, but the top of the finish is chemical etching, right? yeah, was it acid
1: etching it 's a really cool look. It looks like it was dug up
0: from like an archaeological dig, yeah it's you know? a it's a really interesting pedal. So it's a boost and overdrive and a distortion all in one box. And the way it kind of plays out is it's really more of a a boost, uh, low to mid gain overdrive, and a heavier overdrive. Like I, I I didn't feel like I would classify the distortion as like a really heavy distortion. Maybe a distortion in the sense that like a MXR Distortion Plus is a distortion. Sure. Um, But the boost is. Pretty similar in the way it sounds to you know the uh ZVEX, I guess, like the super hard on or the Catalan super chili P- Picoso. You know, it, it's one of these boosts that um is also operates as like an ultra like high uh high impedance buffer. Oh, interesting. Um, it's also the same actually, similar to the Matthews Aviator. Gotcha, it's the same same sort of deal. So, uh, all of those uh boosts. Ha- kind of have this high end like high mids shim- shimmery I don't know how to say it I, I say shimmer but most people associate that with a reverb like a chimey sort it's, of it thing makes it makes it chimey yeah okay um it's got a switchable buffer uh that you can use, that's after the boost and actually the guy who builds these Uh, His comment, or he built them, his comment was like, if you're using the boost, then you probably don't need the buffer. Sure. If you're using the boost always on, which I do, but actually, I I thought there was a little bit of a sound difference with the buffer on and off. Um, The overdrive is volume gain with a switch that kind of switches between bright and dark. Um, The dark setting, it kind of, I don't know if it's bright and dark or if it's high and low, but... I thought the low setting, it wasn't really for me, at least not with my guitar, um, which is, and everything on my rig's already set pretty bright, so it just kind of sounded muddy. Um, like I said, the distortion is uh, kind of a mid gain, mid to higher gain overdrive. It didn't really seem like, like when I think of a distortion, I think of like a DS-1 or like a RAT, and it wasn't like those kinds of like heavier drive sounds. Um, I paid $140 for this. I think originally the buying on them was like $150 when wow. the guy originally made them the first That's time. That's really affordable. Uh, but the second time around, I think the price had gone up to like $225. That's more like it. And this is back in um, the uh, like mid-2000s, I think. So this was really before a lot of the bigger brands were happening. This was when like everybody was... Trying to get a Timmy. I just realized one of the knobs is crooked. That's a bummer.
1: Straighten it out, Steve. It might be just
0: the knob might just be crooked on the Um, the sitting. So one of the crazy things with this pedal, though, is it has uh, an in and an out and then dual send and returns. And the dual send and returns are effects loops that are built around... Uh, one I believe is before the overdrive, and the other one is after the overdrive. So it kind sure, of, and what it allows is
1: it allows you to kind of jump into the pedal wherever you want. Well, you could like throw a wah in between the overdrive and the distortion, well, and things like that. And
0: it's know. not just that; it's like so well, one like of an the, EQ. Yeah, so one of the things that uh, I found an old description of it. He says, "So if you want to throw in a different effect before the distortion but after the boost, you can." What's even more cool is that inserting a cable into the send of each loop only splits the signal so you can run two amps a tuner or parallel effects whatever your mind can come up okay. with okay that's uh,
1: interesting
0: the buffer is recommended if you want to use this as a splitter the loop doesn't turn off until you insert a cable into the return uh so this allows for even more versatility for example if you want to run the boost after the distortion you can run the guitar into return to and then the output to the Input and then take send one to the amp.
1: So it's kind of like you got yourself a little like synth interface here, but yeah, with, with yeah. overdrive. So and basically, distortion. what
0: they're saying is guitar to return two, yeah, because the return two then goes to the out, then you can take the out and run it to the in, and then the in goes to send one, uh huh, and then you send send one to your amp. So then you go, you're going distortion
1: to boost to overdrive. Right. <laughs> and then I'll disable the security system and you load the money in the getaway car. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> exactly. So I've only run this normally. I, I can't process all those options. The boost sounds great. The distortion sounds great. The overdrive, um, s- it sounds great when it works. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, what does that but mean? But sometimes when I turn it on, it does this thing where it just goes.
1: Huh. Sometimes sometimes I really uh, making a
0: weird connection. Yeah, there, so it's like uh so sometimes it'll just stop on its own. Sometimes like I'll stomp it and stomp, stomp like this thing stomp is it off so and stomp it back tall,
1: on. Too. Like this is a, a a drive pedal you want on the back of your board.
0: No, well <laughs> I, I've actually I, I had to put it vertically to get it to fit
1: yeah. the way i wanted. I guess wanted. if you're running stuff through the loops, then like you have the loops up abo- above above yeah. it, you know.
0: Um but I'm kind of a, afraid of opening it because I think actually one of the PCBs is mounted to the bottom plate oh, like goodness. because there's just so much going on in here. I mean it's it's effectively like three different circuits and I know you can put them all on a single PCB and everything but like if you I used to own a a TIM and a TIM like all of the two circuits in the TIM are on two separate PCBs that are like organized vertically with the and that's why also the jacks are like so low on the, right. on the case because you have that's how you make room for everything. So you got the pots and this, and then like you know, you've just got like a stack of PCBs or something, I imagine, in here. Gotcha. Uh, from what I've heard, the inside of this is just like a full on rat's nest, <laughs> I and bet. it's just because it's not because like it's a sloppy builder because I have other pedals from so this the guy, ton in there. there's just a lot going on. Uh, and I know he wasn't fully happy with like the way the layout was, but he was like the, uh, like the failure rate when he was using like shorter, uh, leads was like a lot higher because of just so many moving, gotcha. like so many wires going everywhere. So it's kind of crazy. You should post some pictures of this thing in the episode description. I probably should. I think I posted on Instagram before, but I'll, gotcha. I'll post some more. Uh, this thing's kind of rusted up. I got this from Australia all the way from um, australia someone from australia the, sent it
1: where was the builder based in texas so this thing has gone on a on a world trip yeah, here
0: yeah uh, but it's it's really cool i'm really excited and like i said um i as far as i know well this was part of the first run which uh-huh. which like i said was 12 i think there may have been another run of like 10 or 12 at a later point but i'm i've never been able to like be hundred percent sure
1: about that. Sure. Very, you, uh, either way, extremely you, limited. You've been a fan of this builder for a long time. You keep picking up pedals from him when yeah, they come up. There's, he has a, there's a chorus pedal from this guy on
0: eBay right now. And I keep looking at him like, it's like 35 bucks. Oh wow. And I don't really have a need for chorus, but my, my need to like complete the collection
1: <laughs> is like, ah, uh. That's one I haven't tried. Well, it's going to end up being like the next clone in like yeah, twenty years. Probably, I don't think and there's enough of them. You'll have you'll have the few in existence, and uh, I'll come visit you oh at your gosh. mansion. How about I that? I mean, you
0: know, as, as much as as the clone is like a rare petal, I think there's like a
1: few thousand. Yeah, there's him. a lot of them. He was making them for a long time. Like I want to say there's yeah. like.
0: Somewhere between three and five thousand centaurs made. Yeah,
1: but then there are like certain versions have lower yeah. numbers. So. Yeah. All right. Well, there's there's never going to be another clone. This never. No. Be, I I don't mean that in like the circuit is so special. I mean it in like the the special circumstances that caused it to. Well, be, I mean there could be, but that, that caused it to be the uh, expensive thing that it is today. Like I don't know if that's ever going to happen again.
0: Yeah, it'd be. There's it'd just be too be many builders tricky. now. Oh, you know? uh, I see what you're saying. There's too many. You don't think somebody market. that, like, somebody that was making that singular of a pedal could, like, get that much traction? If you think of Analog Man just stopped making King of Tones, that wouldn't happen with the King of Tone? I don't know, man.
1: You think it's just all because of the way, like, I don't, I mean, I. It, it kind of, like, right place at the right time and made the right amount. Yeah. And it got in the hands of the right people at the right time in musical history like sure we're not even at a a good time in musical history for you know (laughs) like a pedal to become like a legendary thing so besides you know being within the good heart community i don't know right all right let's uh let's move on and and cover some stuff do we want to do housekeeping first or do we want to jump into an ad um let's jump into an yeah let's get warmed up on an ad here this was sent to us by uh alan chappell yeah, it is a Washburn B Bender acoustic electric guitar for five hundred and fifty dollars. My first question on this, and I haven't even read the copy on it yet, is this stock or did they mod this? This has got to be a mod. I, my gut is saying stock because it's got the bridge on there. Maybe they could have replaced the bridge, but it looks like a clean job. It doesn't look like they modified. It doesn't an existing mean it bridge.
0: was a. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Interesting. Like if
1: they had modified an existing bridge, there would still be a hole. There. Um, I've never seen an acoustic B bender before, in person or otherwise. I'm not surprised that they exist, but uh it's it's a new one to me. Do you want to read the copy on it?
0: Uh oh no, yeah, this is stock.
1: That's stock. There you go.
0: All right, so this was on a Facebook. Uh it says excellent condition, washburn acoustic electric. You don't see many of these with the b bender, it's like having a whammy bar on your acoustic. Excellent Fishman Electronics and built-in tuner. Plays like a dream and sounds awesome. You won't find a better deal on an all-solid wood acoustic electric. Comes with a nice gig bag. And then, you know, the Washburn description.
1: It's not like having a whammy bar on your acoustic. It's like having a B-bender on your acoustic. Right. uh, That's a side topic. I'll remind me of that when we're done with this one. Um, But, yeah, that's really interesting. If you don't know what a B-bender is, it's basically a rig in a guitar. Usually you find them in Telecasters. Uh, where b- imagine there's a, uh, like a leverage bar connected to your, uh, your strap button, right. And it's all internal mechanisms. When you press down on your guitar against this leverage bar, bar it tightens or loosens the, uh, the B string. Like people have double acting ones or like you push on one tuning pet on one, uh, strap button and it tightens, you push on the other strap button and it loosens. Yeah. Um, so this I'm betting is just a tightening one On the um, On the butt end of the guitar But uh, yeah that's a really interesting concept For an acoustic It doesn't have like a, spe- a special uh, bridge saddle Or anything like that it's just like, It looks like they're betting on the, s- the string Sliding over the regular acoustic saddle I think it'd be kind of fun to play with So I found uh, I found this
0: thing on I found it on Reverb And it says it's a Forest Lee Bender Made by Washburn. Okay. Do you remember us talking about this guitar? It was like one of the first... like, the silver 20 one? episodes we did. The The two-neck sparkle thing.
1: Oh, the two-neck like paisley the, weird Yeah, thing? they
0: had one of those at Sam Ash. I actually
1: took a picture of it to I show you. I don't remember you. talking about it, but I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Um, so that is a Forrest custom guitar. Forrest Lee is apparently the guy who is behind this company, Forest Custom Guitars. Gotcha. Um... And he, uh, I guess this is like his signature guitar or something. The acoustic, um, yeah, or like it's like a signature model that Washburn did for him, or, sure. or some sort of deal like that. Because a bunch of his, uh, a bunch of his guitar or guitars on that Forest Lee guitar or Force Guitars website have B benders in them. Right, right. Well, so apparently, like the B bender thing is just. you ever find it's hard deal. to say B bender, B bender, B bender, B bender, B bender? But I don't know anything about this guy Forrest Lee, but
1: uh, it's an you can interesting concept. Book Forrest for your next recording I session. Mean, I don't typically imagine. I don't think of acoustic guitars as being the thing that you could be bend on because, right. like, you think of a Telecaster, you've got a good amount of sustain and twang in there. You're running it through effects so you can get some reverb and some drive to really stretch out that mm-hmm. note. Like you're really like leaning into a sustained note to make that B bender make sense. And I just don't imagine that happening on an acoustic as much, but it exists. So someone must be getting good use out of it. I suppose it's, it's really interesting. The price oh, is right. five fifty. You don't have to use the B bender if you don't want, you know, no,
0: no, just keep it as it is.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Would you, have you ever messed with a B bender? No. Yeah. me either. Uh,
0: <laughs> I've never seen a B bender on a guitar that I could afford
1: to touch. Really? Yeah. They had some Fender B vendors in a guitar center a while back that I think were like $800, $900, that's like That's too that. expensive for me to touch. Yeah, but you can still touch them in guitar center. Come on.
0: There's no All velvet right. ropes right. in there.
1: All right. It is actually interesting in, like in the Gibson and PRS room now, they have locks on the hangers so you can't pull them off the wall. Oh, really? Yeah. They must have Dang. had too many problems Oh yeah, no, actually, long. Actually, no, I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of... All the Gretches and stuff are in there, too. Yeah. Kids going in there messing up fancy it's guitars. It's all their like $2,000 and higher stuff. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so I want to talk about... Uh, uh, I got to play one of those acoustic guitars with a whammy bar on them. At- the B.A. Ferguson? Yeah, yeah. I got to yeah. play one at NAM. Yeah. It was interesting. I didn't, uh, I didn't hate it. It felt pretty cool. <laughs> I like using a tremolo. It's a... Uh, I'd say it has... It looks it, like visually... It looks like the same mechanism as like a Strat trim. Right. It's even got a Strat bar on there. But mechanically, it's kind of got the range of like a Bigsby. Hmm. But then it's stiffer. It feels stiffer. Do so you think it's just like a higher tension spring? Possibly. Uh, also, I imagine there's some kind of crazy bracing in there to yeah. hold the acoustic guitar together. The thing that amazed me and shocked me is that it still felt completely resonant like an acoustic guitar. So even though the bridge was floating on two points Mm -hmm. and attached to this crazy internal rig with springs and everything and all the extra bracing to hold it together, it still felt like an acoustic guitar because it was all still attached to an acoustic soundboard. Right. So I was pretty shocked. Uh, And it sounded decent for being a Nam. It's hard to tell a Nam with all the noise going on. But Mm -hmm. it sounded like an acoustic guitar and it felt like one and there was a trim on it that felt kind of fun to play. So... I've got nothing else bad. I've got nothing bad to say about it. I don't have anything bad, let alone anything else. It sounds cool. I heard
0: it. I've heard from people who actually, other people who were at Summer NAM, yeah, and got to mess around with it. That it was like really, like a really good put together guitar.
1: Yeah, not bad at all. It makes me wonder if that'll be a thing eventually because I can actually see myself using a trim on an acoustic guitar for sure. Right. I've, I've played like you know big jazz boxes that have big speeds on them and don't have pickups. So mm-hmm. technically they're acoustics, but it's a different feel altogether. Yeah. So this was, this is interesting, interesting for dreadnought guitar to have this. So. Right. Well, you know, since we're already talking about
0: new, uh new product or okay. new things, you all want to talk about the uh, new fender amplifiers. Yeah.
1: Let's, let's dive into it. So, uh, you know, they, on their show, I listened to their show the recently. The Fender show? No, on uh, I'm I'm getting into it. the the, the Guitar Nerds guys. The, Fen- the Fender guitar nerds. Uh, they they referred to us as a competing podcast.
0: Ooh, I don't
1: think that's, so. That's, I'm pre- yeah, I'm pretty sure they're winning. Yeah, there's no competition there. They have a, a lot more going on than we do. Whether we uh, seem like it or yeah, not. Yeah, like half of their people are
0: industry insiders. Zero percent of our people are industry insiders. <laughs> well, hey, I'm a demo
1: guy over here. I'm kind of an industry guy, sort of. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, I think they have a much bigger audience, too. Yeah, no. The competition is over. I like, so to, think of, funny. I like to think of them more as, you know, like our podcasting brothers. Hey, you know? but they don't have a signature pedal. Uh Yeah, I'm oh, wait, yeah,
0: they, no, do they? No, I they don't think they no, do. They but
1: I'm sure it wouldn't be hard for them to organize that. I'm sure they might even have something cooking. Who knows? Yeah. But anyways, they, uh, they're like signature pedal amateurs. They're gonna yeah. they have a
0: signature amp.
1: I end up, I end up feeling bad because you posted this thing to our group, and you were like, "Oh gosh," and I was like, "Oh why?" And then it turned out you found it because Jay Cross from Guitar Nerd's posted it in, in no no I found Gear it. Nerds. no I
0: found this uh, in my email I got the email uh, you from got the it, press release or something but on the same day that so I so Jay it, works for Fender right yeah so Jay Cross works for Fender for the pro audio so uh, so okay. that I think it's pro their pro audio so not like their guitar division um so I got this in my email. And it wasn't even, and then so I posted in our group, and like literally, like within the same hour, Jay posted on Guitar Nerd's, like, oh, this is a new product, so stoked to work on this, and then we like tagged each other, yeah,
1: in the post. And, and, and he was like, oh, like you're you're dogging on my thing, even though we said so many nice things about you on our show. <laughs> and so I had to go and listen to their show because I felt all bad. Uh, and, and I mean, I was going to say a lot, lot of
0: nice things, things. And I then gonna, you felt even
1: worse. I was going to listen to it eventually. It usually just takes me a long time to get to current episodes of things. Uh, but yeah, they said all sorts of nice things, not only about uh, the 50 50, but like some of our Nam coverage. And right. so then I felt extra special bad for dogging on the speaker. <laughs> But with that out of the way, let's dog on the speaker a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so the,
0: we're talking about the uh, Fender just rolled out with a couple of Bluetooth speakers. One is right. the Monterey. The other one is the Newport. Um, they're just, they're new, you know, there's Bluetooth speakers are really interesting because the only ones that I'm like closely familiar with are the Ion block rockers. Okay. You know, the, that are basically like tiny or like. They're basically like the size of a guitar of a bass practice amp. Yeah, yeah. Like they're really designed to like put out club music and whatever else. So my first thought when I saw this is, man, this doesn't really have a lot of depth to it. But I know with like, um, with like with speaker systems that are designed to replicate um, already processed signal. Right. So like again, like home audio application and those kinds of things that you that they can do things to like the speakers and whatever. I mean, you think about like, a
1: yeah, you don't actually need much. You don't need to think big about speaker. like a
0: Bose system. Like if you put a Bose surround sound system in your house, like each one of those speakers is only like a three or four inch speaker. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: um, it's covering the frequencies it
0: needs yeah, to cover. The thing that like I was thrown off by on this is that they never specify how much power this thing actually puts out. They say it has a 120 watt Bluetooth speaker in it. And then they keep, like, in another part, they say, like, oh, 120 watt quad drivers. So they talk about the power of the speakers, but then they have a picture of the back panel and it says input power 120 watts. And typically. Right. um, It's not a straight. Like, well, no, it's impossible for it to be a straight. Resistance. You know, if they built an amp that has 120 watt input and 120 watt output.
1: But it's not an amp, it's a speaker It's it's, well, it's an amp. It's a stereo speaker, but there's still like an amp in it. Sure, sure, but like a, a guitar amp works on uh, not different principles, but like the the numbers skew different ways because the, the there's no- more resistance going on to make the tone. Like, Maybe like a uh, there's still got to be resistance in this thing. It's not going to be one for one. I mean, yeah, I
0: guess you could it would skew differently because presumably like your if you're your uh, device is putting out a line level signal that might be a little hotter than like what the signal that a guitar would put out, but it's not going to be that much hotter. Right, right. So it's still going through a full
1: amplification process. Sure. You I mean, know, like I don't I don't know all these tech specs that you're obsessed over and frothing out the mouth. Over I was seat. just
0: amused by it because like, <laughs> so typically like a, um, like a 10 watt or 10 or 15 watt guitar amp might have like a 30, like a, Like a... Well, what the heck is this thing?
1: I don't know. Knock everything over, Steve. Good job. (laughs) This is
0: the uh, the Crate CA30. It has no input power rating. Input power is really a thing that Fender... Sure. Fender puts on everything. Well, I want to um,
1: I want to look at it like a different angles at this. At this.
0: Oh, hold on, so so sure. that was that was just the thing I was caught on was like it says it talks about the speaker but never actually says what the wattage sure. of the device is. 120 watts input to me, I would guess that probably means somewhere in the 40 to 50 watt. I mean, this thing's going to be freaking loud. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's it not going to matter. It looks cool. The The real question is, uh,
1: do you think it's worth $400? That's what I'm getting to here. And that's not an unheard of price in Bluetooth speakers, especially, no, especially nice ones. But my first thought with this, like, obviously, there's a market for these. People are going to buy these people who want to have you know that fender look where yeah. they have like a bluetooth speakers it looks great oh yeah i would totally love to have one of these around just for the look at this we're looking at a picture of the bigger one they have a smaller one that looks cool too although it doesn't have the exact same look um but if i was gonna drop 350 into a bluetooth speaker right looks aside i probably want to buy into a system like sonos or something like that and
0: i i don't know what that is so and basically, you're gonna have to like,
1: explain that okay? Sonos is like they have this range of home Wi-Fi Bluetooth products uh, that you put speakers all around your house in different configurations, and as you walk around your house, they're all sensing you, and like you, you set up a little like Bluetooth network, and it you know, and you can set up multiple users and things like that. It's the it's the Primo like bluetooth home music right. experience like you can set it up so like if you're in the room it plays your music when someone else enters the room it plays their music and all that, oh, that whole thing is a whole system cassidy our friend cassidy was telling me about oh, it a okay. while back and i was like wow that sounds really cool i've got a cheap little bluetooth speaker that i bought off of amazon for like 25 bucks it's only good for about 30 feet and uh it's like you have to get the last person who used it to sign off
0: on their right. phone so oh. that you
1: can use it so it's like that's the the cost difference is like those kinds of features right uh and plus you know sound quality and whatnot my little twenty five dollar thing sounds just fine, and the battery life is just fine, but like those kinds of features are really what set the premium things apart i I really wonder how much is sonos is it like starting com- i think like it's like comparable to this. It's like three hundred dollars oh, okay. to get started, I think. But then each you could easily spend like two grand outfitting your house. Right. You know right.
0: And you know, Marshall you know at the same time, Marshall just put out a bunch of these portable amps. I can't even like process because they have so many of them and yeah. like different things. And I don't really want to get into like the feature sets because eh, it's Bluetooth yeah. stuff.
1: I mean though but, if you've got if you've got a home studio and you right. want to preserve the look yeah. Like this is an obvious cool thing. You know, like I I'm always using my little Bluetooth speaker when I'm in my, on my music area, like practicing for church or whatever. I'm playing music off of it. What Bluetooth speaker do you have? It's the little Amazon one. I oh, was talking the about. echo. Hey, Alexa. It's not the echo. It's like, it's not from Amazon. I bought it off of Amazon. Oh,
0: it's not. Hey, Alexa. No, p- it's not.
1: Play smells like teen spirit. So I think that's really my biggest criticism here is that it's, Unless they're hiding the features, they haven't released everything. It doesn't have that kind of like networking and like kind of smart hand- handling of right. like your Bluetooth right. experience. Well,
0: I mean, the reality is that, I mean, I guess because it's it's Bluetooth and not Wi-Fi. But you could probably, I'm sure at some point somebody will come up with an idea for a Bluetooth manager.
1: Sure. Well, just like you can link all of your Bluetooth devices to these blue, like and a that Bluetooth might even, hub. That might even be a function of Sonos. I don't own one. I I haven't looked that hard into it. Maybe you can link this to a Sonos right. system or something like that through some kind of, you know, techie magic. But, uh, yeah, it. I'll say it looks cool. It sounds like it's definitely way overpowered yeah. for most home applications. Uh, and, yeah, I, the price is probably fair for the sound quality. Yeah. But, yep. uh, yeah, I, I, those are my misgivings anyways. And I'm right. sorry, Jay Cross, <laughs> if we just on your, your baby a little we're bit no too much. We're no longer invited. Yeah. I, you know, someday we're going to have enough money in the, uh, 60 cycle home coffers for us to go visit them. And we're going to go to China pond. instead. Yeah. No, we'll, to- no, what'll happen is we'll show up and there'll be a sign on the door. Like only people who love the, uh, the Monterey oh are, are allowed in. <laughs> uh, all right.
0: <laughs> Uh, let's do some housekeeping. Yeah, let's do it. Um, uh, so these are, we got a few uh, people who jumped into the inner circle recently. Um, Chris Reynolds was uh, giving at the best friends level. He jumped up to the inner circle. Uh, Jim Bowers, Alan Chapel, and Jason Fuzzmonger. Thanks for uh, supporting the show. And uh, W.R. Bales, uh, I sent you an email and I haven't heard back from you yet, so I don't know who you are. Uh, all these guys are going to be getting the uh, inner circle barefoot buttons when we get more of them. And they're going to be getting inner circle uh, stickers and inner circle, or not inner circle stickers, but 60 Cycle Hum stickers and patches and shirts. Actually,
1: I ordered some inner circle stickers. You ordered some inner circle stickers? Yeah.
0: Well, we should get those before I send out the other stickers that I still haven't sent out yet. Yeah, you will. You'll get them. I'm
1: waiting for all the merch to get together. We also um, got patches, and we also have a super special secret price on the 50/50 when uh when we have them in stock. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's that. So, again, Chris Reynolds, Jim Bowers,
0: uh, Alan Chapel, Jason Fuzzmonger, and W.R. Bales uh, whoever WR is, uh, let us know. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, just once again, the inner circle makes so much of the cool stuff that we do possible. We don't put that yeah. money in our pocket. It goes straight back into the show. We use it to do travel. Like I traveled to Nashville for Nam and got a bunch of content for you guys to listen to and to view on the YouTube channel there. Uh, it goes into production of merch. It goes into production of things like the 50/50. Uh We We could not have done that without the inner circle's help financially. So... Uh, Yeah, being part of the Inner Circle. Or anyone else. You know, there's
0: uh, Inner Circle. You can give however much money you want.
1: Yeah, if we Uh, got everyone who listens to this show to donate a dollar a month, that's $12 a year. Yeah, Like, we could be renting an office space and have like an official 60 Cycle Hum headquarters and like be doing crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, Uh, so yeah. So thanks, uh, guys, for all that, for your support. Um, If you want to know how to support the show, go over to 60cyclehumcast.com. Click on support the show on our website. Check that out. Thanks. This next ad was sent in by Weston Little, I think. Uh, It's one of the guys from the band Antioch. Uh, I think it was Weston, but I know uh, he's not the only one who listens. Maybe he is, but I I think he told me he wasn't. Uh, This is Mr. Horsepower. It sure is, Steve. You want to tell us about it? Yes, this is an Ernie Ball Music Man, Mr. Horsepower. It says, here's your chance to own an Ernie Ball Music Pan Mr. Horsepower guitar. How many times are you going to say Mr. Horsepower? I don't know. A replay guitar exchange has number six for sale, and we suggest you race over or chat or email us if you're interested. Designed by Nigel from Spinal Tap, Mr. Horsepower has chrome exhaust pipes, four Demarzio Super Distortion pickups, a functioning tachometer, an iron gear shifter as a tremolo bar, and a rubber boot at the bridge capped by a black eight ball
1: the uh the rubber boot is on the the it's not in the picture it's on the uh on the trem bar for the floyd rose oh so it makes it look like a stick shift got it and then there's an eight ball on the end of it
0: uh only 25 were built this unusual guitar is in mint condition and comes with the original hard case um have you ever seen
1: these in person it's got all of the
0: notes on the neck yeah yeah
1: that's a cool detail too it's the, have, it's the note it. and the notes are upside down. So it's for the guitarist. It's right. not for the audience. Uh, so it follows the uh, if you're in standard tuning, it follows, you know, your low and high E strings. Who plays in standard tuning? Uh, but I do. Oh, OK. You don't? No, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you got a Floyd Rose, you're probably going to be in standard for the most part, unless you're drop D boy. Right. Um, $13,000. I don't know if that's a fair price or not. I don't know how many of these were made, but I know that they're like twenty-five. Ryan, only we're you not listening. I wasn't listening. Yeah, twenty-five is a low number. We had one of these in a local guitar center for a long time. Really? Yeah. Did you ever see it? I don't think I noticed. I used to drool over it. Gross. I'm a I'm a big fan of this guitar. Well, then that one's definitely not worth thirteen thousand <laughs> dollars. But with numbers that low, and you know the connection to you know, even though it's technically a novelty rock act, but it's like the most famous rock and roll novelty act there is what about the oneaters what are the oneaters the oneaters they did that thing you do oh gosh (laughs) you mean you mean the wonders oh yeah (laughs) what about josie and the pussycats that's not novelty that's fictitious what's the difference they're not a real band spinals
0: have a real band
1: yes they actually like played a show? They've played real shows. Oh, okay. Yeah. They've gone on tours and stuff like really? that. But I mean, after being invented for... Right. They were a fictitious band, and then they weren't. How many, mighty, how many songs from Almighty Wind do you think Spinal Tap does when you go on tour? <laughs> I mean, I, the, the next biggest novelty act I can think of is definitely Weird Al. Like, and he's probably got more in album sales than Spinal Tap. Oh, I'm sure. But Spinal Tap has a bigger name, I, I'd say. In the rock and roll community, uh, Weird, Weird Al gets the pop prize. Okay, all right. How about that? That's uh, he's the king of novelty pop. Spinal Tap <laughs> are the kings of novelty rock. All right. Um, but, <laughs> anyways, I'm a big fan of a lot of parts of this guitar. It was the first guitar Which I ever. Parts? The first guitar I ever saw that had like, kind of like these novelty embellishments. It's got a. Uh, I think either an RPM meter or a fuel gauge on it. The, it's, I, a, that, it's, it's RPM. It's a tachometer. I believe it turns on and works and senses, That's what, senses you're playing. Did you not listen to I anything? No, I was just staring at the picture because I love this thing so much. It's got the, the tailpipes coming out, and it's got the details on the trim bar. It's got a really great flame flame job, and I'm, I'm saying that as someone who usually makes fun of hot licks. Hot you know. licks. But this, it, it works with this concept. It just <laughs> works. And then you've got freaking... Four humbuckers on this thing. Yep. Four DeMarzio super distortion. They are butted up against each other. It's just it looks like uh eight single coils all yeah. pressed against yeah. each other it's just nuts the looks of the whole thing I'm just I just love this thing if if I'm ever super rich dude you know I'm, I'm gonna own one of these it's pretty but much are you like, own one of these for thirteen thousand dollars if I'm a super rich
0: dude I am you know if the inner circle or if our supporters gave us a dollar a month everyone who watched listens to the show gave us a dollar a month then
1: at the end of the year we could buy this guitar <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah I'm I just wanted to talk about it. And one of the knobs is, is a, like a Hot Wheels wheel. It's like a car wheel. Yeah, on that I actually thought was pretty cool. Like the whole, the whole package. Whoever designed this thing is, is brilliant. Well, it says Nigel designed it. I'm sure he has some kind of help, though. That's what I want. I want to be on the novelty rock level of Nigel that I get to design a guitar like this and have it made for me. Just incredible. It could be you. Yeah. So what do you think, Steve? Would you ever play something like this? I don't know. What about a bass version?
0: I I want it. You know, I like it. I'll be honest. I've always thought this was kind of like a neat, like, like as far as over the top novelty guitars go. But it
1: all works, you know? It all right. works together. It's not like, like a terrible half half-baked concept yeah, you know yeah why and I think that's why I like it yeah and then on top of it it's an Ernie Ball Music Man which means it's just gonna play smoking fast yeah it's gonna play real nice so there's nothing wrong with this thing I love it I $13,000 love it if I'm ever super rich <laughs> <laughs> if you can afford to buy
0: this at $13,000 then you're probably not concerned with the fact that
1: it costs $13,000 right exactly uh, what's our next thing we're going to tackle here we're going to talk about pop torture pop torture where is the my my screen grab of this I never saw it top hits Beatles is what it says oh at the top. that's right that's it's right it's kind of at the end so Josh Fitzgerald posted this to the Facebook group and it says Series XM hits number one goes by the slogan of today's pop hits and typically plays the likes of Taylor Swift Ed Sheeran Sheeran. Sheeran and Ariana Grande. Sharon, Ariana Grande, Grand, Ariana Grande. I hate you so much. Ariana Grande. Move, move on. <laughs> on Friday morning, however, all it was reportedly playing was a relatively obscure Beatles song. If there's such a thing as a relatively obscure Beatles song, there is because I've never heard of this one. Over and over again. I've actually heard this song because, I'll I'll tell you about it later, but uh, yes, it was Hey Bulldog Mania, as intentionally or not, fans were reportedly getting an old fashioned one song marathon on hits number one channel. And judging by the tweet, Sirius didn't seem to know what was going on and why Hey Bulldog, a song that first appeared on the band's Yellow Submarine soundtrack in 1969, was being played repeatedly. Was the station hacked? Was it a simple computer glitch? Or could it have been some type of promotional effort to help bring attention to the, to the Sirius XM's new Beatles station? Whatever the cause, fans seem to enjoy hearing the Beatles classic and getting a break from the usual array of today's pop hits. And really, who can blame them? That's <laughs> what a, cold. What a uh, witty little end to that article. So I was going to say, the reason I'm familiar with this song uh, is because there's a kid's show that I believe is on Netflix that my my son watches what's, all the time. What's it called? It's called Beat Bugs and it's like a CG cartoon huh. with bugs and every episode features covers of like two Beatles songs and Beatles songs only. And so they have to do a lot of uh story gymnastics to fit some oh of these God. songs in there. So obviously there's a bulldog in one of them. Right. Um but yeah, I've heard the song outside of the Beatles recordings just from the this kid's show recently uh but the question i was going to come to with this article is if if you could pick a song yeah to bombard a pop station's audience with nonstop, like just on repeat for like a day what would you go with steve well, huh? I don't know. I mean, you um, have to figure out, are you going for an enlightenment angle or are you going for like a torture angle? Or are you going for like never listen to the station again angle? Well, you know,
0: for some reason, the first song that popped into my head and which would actually might be a terrible repeat song, um, even for people who love it. But the first song that uh, stuck that jumped in my head was um, Queen. Queen. Masters of the Universe.
1: Oh man, that would be so fun! I would listen to that station all day. Um, <laughs> only if it was back to back. Like I'd like to hear like every other song be uh, the theme to Flash Gordon. Those song, those songs, <laughs> Master work. of
0: the Universe and Flash,
1: yeah. Flash's theme. Yeah, yeah. They, those songs work very well together.
0: Um, I could also think I could get into a station that only played Led Zeppelin's "Immigrant Song."
1: Oh my gosh. But see the problem with this is like Well you have to tell me what angle you're going for. Are you going for enlightenment or are you going for torture? I think both of those
0: are like enlightenment angles. Okay. Um and so and in turn that's part of the issue is that like those are both known songs whereas like this song Hey Bulldog I've never You heard never of heard it. it? No. If I you know it's possible that I have Right. But I don't know that I have. No, it's it, it's definitely it, not like it. It's no. Uh,
1: it's no day tripper. Right, right. That's not a. Be- you know, it's no paperback writer. I'll tell you all right, what. All right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely not one of the songs that gets played by the Beatles on radio. You know, uh, which is rare. I'm pretty much all their songs get played for the most part. So it must be uh, it must be a Ringo Star Jam. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> So uh I think I my initial instinct is to go with uh I Wanna Be Your Dog by Iggy and the Stooges. So I'm going for more of a torture. It's, yeah, I don't even here. know that song. You don't know I Wanna Be Your Dog? I don't know, I might. Oh man, Steve. Now I gotta play that song for you. It's just pretty like repetitive and unrelenting and just rough and like punk rock. And just there's something, like, aggressively sexual about it. Like, oh, my gosh. Like I'd, I'd love to see a, 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 uh, a sheltered pop audience, a top 40 audience, to get hit with that song. I know there's probably rougher songs out there, but yeah. in my head, that's, huh. that's my first impression, my first thought. And then after that, I'm thinking about, like, the Cramps version of um, Primitive, which is a fun song. Right. That's more enlightenment, even though it's pretty punk rock.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of a torture angle. I just can't. I like too many well, there's kinds a, of music. There's
1: a comedian that uh, has a, a bit that he does where he talks about how he was in a diner one day. Right. And he, went Oh, out,
0: my gosh. Speaking he, of diners, no, like if I this. wanted a torture station, it would be um, Tom's Diner. Oh my Suzanne God. Vega. Dun, dun, that would, be, dun,
1: dun, dun, that would be the only song. Because yeah, the that's first, like prison torture. Because the
0: first time I hear that song, I'm like, all right, this is cool. And the second time, I'm like, huh.
1: And like the fourth time, I'm like, oh no. So, anyways, there was this comedian that uh, he was in a diner and he saw the jukebox and he's like, yeah. hey, hey, watch this to his buddy. Goes up to the jukebox, puts like 20 bucks in it, puts it all on what's up pussycat. Wow, wow, wow. And he like documents like what happens in the diner as like it plays over and over again. Like the first two times people are just like, "Oh, wow, this song's kind of long." Like it's he's going. Right. And then the third by the third time people like looking at the jukebox like, "Did it just start again?" And by the time it gets to like the sixth or seventh time, people in the diner are going like, "Come on!" No! <laughs> <laughs> And then, like on the fifteenth time, he mixed it up and he's like looked at his looked at his buddy. He's like, "Watch this," and it starts to play. Is not unusual. Oh no! And the like the response in the room, just like this, like full like release of relief. Like everyone's like, "Finally, a different song." And then immediately after that, "What's up, pussy cat?" Again, <laughs> and, and at that point, like a cook went over and unplugged the machine. Oh my gosh! <laughs> now I kind of want to do that. <laughs> I bet there's safeguards now. It only had to happen once and now they they protect themselves. Right. Um Yeah, jeez. Or another angle for the torture method is to give them a taste of their own medicine and, and s- play like the most annoying pop song. Just pick whatever like the
0: hottest pop song is right yeah. now and just play that for uh, like an hour or two or three or 24. Straight. Exactly. What song would that be right now?
1: Let me think. Um, gosh. I don't even know what's popular no, there right are now. there's some bad ones. Where, what's that song where the girl just sings you stupid hoe over and over again? It's called Stupid Hoe. Oh, that's the name of it. Yeah, <laughs> and That's kind of old now, though. That's old. That, that's, how, um, that's how recent... My last touch with pop culture was. Yeah, uh, I heard someone talking about that, and that's all I've got in my Jason head. Jason Derulo did
0: release a new song recently. That was is always an instant candidate for uh, worst song of any calendar year. I
1: don't even know who this is. As you should not. Okay. Um, I won't even look them up because Steve says I'm not worthy. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll only be sad. Okay.
0: Uh, <sighs> Jason Derulo is on my list of people who I listen to and I go, Is he on your punch How list? How does this person have a career? Is he on your punch list? Steve? Yes. Very high. Okay. Very high. Welcome to this episode of Steve's Peeves. <laughs>
1: Steve's Peeves! When are you gonna start doing that?
0: I just need to get a microphone. I need okay. to stop being lazy. This is
1: this is your chance to test out Steve's Peeves. Let's lay out a Steve's Peeves on All this right. on this armadillo guy. On um, this armadillo guy. What's his name? <laughs> Jason Derulo. Jason
0: Armadillo. Jason Derulo. All okay, right, the first one I have with Jason Derulo is this, and this kind of just goes for, like, the whole hip-hop R&B. I guess technically he's pop R&B, uh, I guess. I don't know. Um, is this. Um, why do people have to say their name in their songs? Every Jason Derulo song on the radio starts off with, Jason Derulo. And it's like, dude, I already know who you are because your voice is annoying. Like... You didn't have to say your name. I already knew I it mean, was you.
1: We start our show by saying our name, Steve. We're That's not really ones to judge. That's true, but it's not a song. Um, we sing sometimes. Now, uh, Jason Derulo's
0: biggest contribution to music, in my opinion, is that he sampled Imogen Heap. Okay. Uh, the Imogen Heap song "Hide and Seek." Uh, he sampled that for his uh, first single, which was called "What You Say," and that was like, all right. But everything from there is downhill. Uh, his song "Talk Dirty" is super racist. Whoa! Because basically he's saying it doesn't matter. It's all it's racist and sexist, but it's also kind of I not mean those racist, things kind of go hand in hand sometimes. Uh, but basically, his whole thing is it doesn't matter what language you speak as long as you talk dirty to me. Like that's
1: I guess the message of the song. Well, he could be talking about French Canadian.
0: He could be talking about French Canadians. I, I don't... I have no idea. I just know I, I hate that song. Okay. Um. I kind of just hate all of his music. He's got kind of like a weird voice thing going on. And I felt bad f- about it for a moment because he's like from my... He's from Florida. Um, but apparently he's like actually Caribbean. So maybe that's why his like scene okay. voice is kind of just odd. Like he's got one of these like Caribbean accent things. Yeah going on I don't know man but Jason Derulo I, he just I guess he's good at dancing you're, in, you're on Steve's hit list I guess he's good at dancing
1: That I, should I'll be a, give him that That should be the title of of your mini segments about who you want to hit Steve's hit list Oh my gosh <laughs> Um but besides that like it's just every time there's a
0: song that comes out it goes straight to the top of the chart and I'm just like, uh, what is going on here? And I more don't like to the top of the chart. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Get um, it? Get it? So, uh, so yeah. So that's Jason Derulo. I mean, who charted? Right?
1: <laughs> what? That's, that's gross. a podcast called Who is about pop chart. It's that re- called Who charted? Is that really? No, I think <laughs> it's called Who charted. That makes who more charted? Sense. Oh, But okay. it is like a play on Who charted. You know. That's you know, what they're leaning I into. Can't,
0: I can't say everything he has put out is awful.
1: Just What's all- your favorite uh, Chris Armadillo? Is his name? J- Jason Derulo. Jason Armadillo. What's your favorite Jason Armadillo song? Uh,
0: I'm going I'm going through his list right now. Um, I think What Just Say has got to be up there, but mostly for the, his usage of Imogen Heap.
1: For some reason I have this um, gut feeling that he's done a cover of Tears in Heaven. Why am not I not ha- that I know why of. am I having that? I've never heard of this person.
0: Um he has a song called Want to Want Me, which is like a really like infectious pop track that's not like openly like I go to all of the like just it's not openly obnoxious for other levels. Sure, sure. Uh, oh yeah, he just his 2017 track is called Swalla. Is it about swallowing
1: or is it about a bird? I'm not sure.
0: Um, But it's a a track that has Nicki Minaj on it, who is uh, the stupid hoe artist.
1: That's mean to say.
0: And there is, uh, you know, the, I guess the commentary on Jason Derulo's career is he kind of just like rides off of other, by by, like other people's coattails.
1: Hey man, coattails ain't bad. I'd do it if I could.
0: Um, But yeah, so I don't know. That's, uh, I guess that's all I got. That's all I got for Jason Derulo.
1: Good, good uh, first episode of Steve's Peeves, aka, aka Steve's Hit List. <laughs> I gotta start. Uh, I really do need to get a
0: mic at home and just start like recording these on Audacity, and then I'll send them to you for cleanup.
1: Yeah, figure out what you need. Let's get it. Ha- let's make it happen. Let's do
0: it. Yeah. Can be a direct competitor to, to Branton's rant- yeah, Ranton. Yeah, we,
1: we won't make it part of the inner circle. We'll, we'll release it to yeah, everyone. Yeah, the it won't pub. be Patreon only patreon like these jerks who make who make content that's only for their secret groups bunch of jerks (laughs) inner circle we love you and we've got all sorts of fun stuff for you (laughs) here
0: let's be honest the only reason that we're not doing patreon
1: is because we didn't think of it (laughs) (laughs) well yeah podbean offered their own version of it which worked has worked out pretty well
0: but the podbean podbean also has like for people who are um Contributing, if they use the Podbean app, they can log in. And if we did exclusive content, they would have access to it.
1: Yeah, we all post it. We post everything exclusive in the Facebook group, though. So it kind of like just works. Yeah, except for, for the people who are in the inner circle but don't use Facebook. We can email it. To Maybe government. you should
0: do an email list for the inner yeah, circle. Yeah, I need to do that. Something like that. Okay.
1: All right, let's move on to this last ad and then get the heck out yeah, of here. Awesome. Let's go enjoy our Friday night. Some... Let's hit the club. Oh, my gosh. you some... want to go clubbing with me, Steve? No. It's Friday night and the time is right what TGIF I don't know what that
0: means <laughs> alright Fender gu- guitar amplifier caster wheels vintage in Jacksonville this was sent by Raymond Smith uh, and uh, he says is there really a market for amp wheels this guy is selling a set of genuine Fender casters from his 1973 Super Reverb I'm selling the wheels themselves only No mounting hardware or screws. The amp itself was sold long ago. These same version wheels were what was used by Fender starting in 1972 on the larger solar face amps like the Twin and Pro Reverb and some other models as well. Uh, These are in good operating condition, but do look their age with the patina and small rust specs you'd expect on 44 year old hardware. But that's the point, isn't it?
1: $75. Honestly, I don't think this is a bad price to get the real looking thing. If you have an amp that these match with, like, I think normally I'd like scoff at this sort of thing, but normally I feel like someone would be trying to fleece you. Well, here's with the, like a $300 price tag. Or here's something. the wild thing, right? Or like 75 like, bucks per wheel, a
0: brand new set of fender pop in casters is $25. So, I mean, I guess you're not really paying that much. It's
1: triple, but you're it's, getting like, triple. you're getting the correct years. You're getting like an aged one that's going to go with your your, your amp that's old, old already, you know? I get it. If you were buying There are dumber things to spend money right. on. You are
0: cruising Craigslist. You yeah. see a 1972 Silverface Twin Reverb. I see it in my mind. Non-master volume. Yes. It's your dream surf
1: amp. Yes. It weighs 1,000 pounds. It yes. puts out 85 glorious Fender Watts. I'm laying. I'm laying back on the leather couch, and you're guiding me through eight hundred dollars this, this vision.
0: Eight hundred dollars, and I can and see you, it. And you email the guy and you say, "Hey man, your price seems really fair, but I just want to know: Do you have the original casters?" And mm, he says, "Good question." No. And then you say, "Oh, well, those casters are worth seventy five dollars. So, are you willing to sell these, this to me for seven hundred and twenty five dollars?"
1: Well, the, the place where this argument breaks down, Steve. I'm just gonna poke holes in this with a machine gun. <laughs> I'm saying that this is just so frivolous and vapid, Steve that I, I don't even feel like wasting my breath. But here it goes. I mean most most amps don't come with casters. It's an add-on anyways. Oh. like you would never make that argument because it it just isn't something that they come with. You I'm, add it on.
0: I was gonna say I've never owned an amp with casters, but I did have a four by ten that with casters. I
1: wish my PV had casters. My, my classic 50 right it'd be so much easier does it have run. the mounts for them uh no I don't think so this it just has matter. like the the solid metal tab feet but um yeah I, I don't think this is a bad price I was expect I was expecting to get to the bottom and see that they were like 100 bucks each or 75 bucks each right and I'm, I'm still shocked that' it's 75 bucks for the set uh, hopefully they all work right they look like they should. They don't look like they'd be damaged. Yeah, they look Um, clean, I guess. I mean there's no there's absolutely zero argument tone wise for these. It's all aesthetics, it's all like a completionist thing. Like you're not gonna plug these you're not gonna plug these wheels into a modern amp and be like, Oh, you know, it sounds a little more vintage now.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're you're buying these because you've got like a silver face that's a little road worn and you don't wanna put something shiny on it because you're a narcissist.
1: There's nothing wrong with that though. There's nothing wrong with getting the look you want. Lately, I've been comparing guitar stuff to uh, model train hobbies. Yeah,
0: and it's like model trains are expensive. Yeah,
1: and like it takes a lot of. There's a lot of little things to buy. You're trying to get everything just right, and that's kind of how a lot of people approach their guitar gear. Is they right. want everything to be just right. They want you know the correct year spec on things. They want everything to match up. You know, and this is it. I don't think it's bad. I think this this makes sense. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't know that you're Steve, wrong. Steve, fight I don't me. <sighs> it's more interesting if we fight. This is such a boring podcast. to
0: do $75 seems like a lot. And I understand the angle of like this is worn-out hardware, I guess, but it's not worn out, it still functions, Steve. Sure, it's it's still No
1: fight me, Steve. It's more it's interesting still if functions, we fight. I, I Tell guess, me I'm stupid.
0: Fight me, but Steve. I'm just trying to figure out like really $75. $70. Look, here's replacement casters that look kind of old for twenty five dollars. It says they're pre-owned. For how much? For twenty five dollars. Here's a single. Here's a single
1: nineteen sixty five Fender amplifier caster for nine dollars. You gotta find the other three though. They're not gonna be mismatched. <laughs> it's still gonna be forty bucks, and you're gonna have to do extra work. Just get the the set for seventy five. It didn't even sell. Well, if it didn't sell, then that's the most damning argument. It's <laughs> pulled from a 1965 Pro Reverb. Uh, this I mean, guy you can't s- mix casters from different amps. It's going b- to make it
0: unbalanced. A whole lot of Fender Ultimate Course amplifier parts, including casters, uh, the, the rubber handle thing, the corner protector thing, $55. Oh, I found the 1973 ones on, on eBay. Those didn't sell. Uh, here's some vintage Fender Ampeg ones for $30 that sold. $30. For Thirty. What do they look like? Do they look aged? They look exactly the flippin' same. Well, damn it. They're not all rusting garbage, but, I mean, they, they're definitely like... The old ones. Older-ish. I don't know. Uh, $75 is... I guess it's
1: a lot of money. You've convinced me, Steve. Good fighting.
0: Look, here's three of them for 1799 and they didn't sell. Well you can combine it with that nine dollar one. Here's another set of vintage fender slash ampeg four-piece set of amp casters pre-owned for twelve fifty. I gotta that's get me sold. some casters. You gotta get in the caster business. Yeah. You gotta get yourself a caster.
1: I don't know, man. Uh it's... whatever you do, don't get plaster casters though, because that's a woman who made plaster casts of penises. What? You don't know about the plaster caster? I guess not. There's a whole Kiss song about her. Well, I don't she was really this, know a lot about she, Kiss. She was this, uh, she was this like a uh, groupie type person who would follow bands around in the seventies and she has all these casts of, cause she would like sleep with the dudes and she would oh. take plaster casts of their junk and she has like a whole museum of like all these rock stars, uh, uh tingly bits. Okay, it's real. Look it up, man. I believe. Like she you. got big people too. She got you know like guys from the Who and whatnot. Big people, huh? Well, not big, but well, some of them are big. But, I mean, the size of their penis, Steve, <laughs> not their star status. Right? No. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's what I. Okay. All right, uh This week's episode
1: was brought to you by Sinusoid. When you're looking
0: for your next instrument cable, go check out sinusoid.com. They have all kinds of text col- colors, including rainbow, which I is what the one that I pronounced- need to get.
1: Uh, TechFlex?
0: That's what I said, tech, flex. tech You just said TexFlex. Tech TechFlex that's what From Texas,
1: Steve? Yeah. Is like, that not where it's like, from? Like Tex-Mex? No, it's TechFlex, short for Technical Flex.
0: Whatever. All right, uh, go check out sinusoid.com. Uh, thanks again to everyone who has joined uh, up to support the show. One of these days, we're going to have to print off a list of everybody currently supporting and just read them all off. That would be awesome. And it's going to take probably 30 minutes not, uh, we not should do true. an episode not true
1: we should do an episode where we mention each person and say something nice about them okay yeah
0: all right uh, this week's song was sent by Kevin Fowler uh, the song is called streets of gold he said since you're short on songs here's one for the podcast I wrote this about a year ago uh, lyrics by this guy Trent drums by this I don't know if I'm supposed to name drop these guys I guess I am lyrics by Trent Hatchett drums by Jeff Whitmore definitely falls into the Christian rock category. Okay. Uh, and again, the song is called Streets of Gold. Thank you, Kevin, for sending this in. If you'd like to send your song to us to play at the end of one of these shows, uh, send us an MP3 or M4A or whatever file. Yeah,
1: any file that can work on a,
0: on a Mac. Yeah, basically, just don't send us a Windows Media file. Yeah. Um, 260 humcast at gmail.com. And don't
1: send us tape cassettes because we don't have a player. Later, guys. Bye.